Hello everybody, this is Brad Foreman bringing you podcast season 5, episode 66. We have a whole bunch to cover in this podcast. I want to thank you for listening, first of all, peakspodcast.rocks. We also have a link at our uh, podcast that will bring you to our fundraiser, Foreman 7 Project, where 100% of the donations go to kids at risk. The objective of peakspodcast.rocks is to encourage listeners to go out and experience the outdoors. As you know, if you've been following the previous podcast, Season 5 is Karsten's, the highest peak in Oceania in the Papua New Guinea, the country of Papua New Guinea. It's been closed due to tribal warfare and pandemic conditions, but we hear it may be opening up. So we're training and being optimistic. It's already December, but they say it might open up later this winter. So this podcast is going to address a couple new things. We did a great trip in the end of September. And it was a first of its kind with my Colorado climbing crew called the Snuffles Traverse. I'm going to go through the Snuffles Traverse trip and uh, some of the excitement on that and discuss moving forward while we were on the Snuffles Traverse, Hurricane Ian clobbered Florida specifically Fort Myers Beach, and we're going to talk about that and uh, some of the good, bad, and the ugly on that. Um, The Snuffles Traverse, super interesting. Uh, It's been, our climbing group for of 25 years have been talking about this. It starts down south of Uray, and it's a private operation that owns five different small huts, and it follows the trail, the Snuffles Traverse. Super beautiful area, if you know the San Juan Mountains of Colorado, and particularly interesting in the uh, dates we were there from the 27th of September for six days. First of all, we started out in Denver, and I was training up in Summit County, as you know from previous podcasts. So we went down to Denver to hook up with my group, and it was great to see all our friends and family down there before departing. I have two members of my family now residing in Denver, so it was good to get down into the city and see them. Equipment preparation was a little different for this uh, Snaffles Traverse in that 
we were responsible to bring, well, we were self-guiding the trip. And we have two different food drops on day two and day four. So we had to calculate the food we carried, the food we put in, the food drops. So it became uh, pretty complicated, but we have some very good logistic people on our team that uh, got her all done in a couple hours. It was a, a lot of discussion during those couple hours, dividing up the food. What else do we have to think about? On this trip, we have water for purification, insect repellent, fire starters, and food, food, food. You got to make sure we had the right combinations, enough of this and enough of that to make the trip enjoyable. So it was rather precise exercise in uh, splitting all this up. After all said and done, we were carrying the heaviest loads were probably 50 pounds, which is a good load and a great training load. You just get to uh, getting that pack on and off can be a little bit challenging. So we get started, we were base camping out of Ridgeway, Colorado, and we met the one of our driver at a breakfast location, really friendly chap, whose wife happened to be our waitress at the restaurant. It's a very small town, and uh, the people are just wonderful. Highly recommend a visit to this area. And of course, being September 27th, it, the Aspens were peak, brilliant yellow. Oh my gosh, just stunning. So we probably had the best week to do this from a foliage perspective. So when we got dropped off at the starting point, it's called Last Dollar Pass. You could just see all the groves of bright yellow. Some had not changed, and some were in the, in the uh, backside of uh, the foliage change. When the sun hits it, there's no, nothing that could describe the brilliant yellow and greens. The first day, we hiked to our hut called North Pole Hut. It's a beautiful meandering hike. I would say, mm, I think it was about five miles. You know, when you're self-guiding, though, you get a little extra credit every once in a while with a, a turn or two that's uh, not marked so well. So we did have a little extra credit on the mileage. Our huts were beautifully... Uh, loaded with plates, 
silverware, uh, brooms. They're all self-sufficient. Like they have a, a little bedroll and a potbelly stove situated in the middle. So one of the first activities when we get into the hut is light that. And that was one of my favorite jobs, getting the uh, fire going. Of course, purifying water and just getting uh, into some clean clothes were daily objectives. I would say our hut, they're, they're super interesting because they use composting for the, the bathroom and they also have a composter for the food and some of the you know coffee grounds and such so it's very green and uh, they're really well maintained i was very impressed with the quality i've not done uh, a private hut before in colorado so it was quite refreshing to see their eye for detail day two we did about 7.4 plus miles, which got us to Blue Lake Hut. Once again, beautiful. Didn't see too many people at all. We're seeing less and less people from the beginning as we progress. It's hard to get into some of these places and uh, it takes people a lot of effort. The day two is the exact day that I'm going to talk about later that I found out that Hurricane Ian sunk my boat. Super humbling being out in the middle of nowhere and hearing this information. Uh, I thought it was going to make it through. We had a good hurricane plan, but we're going to talk about that when we get over to the hurricane Day three, we hiked five plus miles to the Ridgeway Hut where we crossed the Dallas Creek, which is kind of a famous creek that runs down in the valley and feeds the, uh, the farms below. And then, of course, on day uh, four, our group is famous for calling audibles. So instead of being re replenished with food on day four hut, we skipped burnt hut and did a double day and uh, moved all the way to the end. So instead of a five day traverse, we made it in four, which I think is over 29 miles, plus all the extra credit we did so it was a good four days. Um, what led us to this decision was a storm that was approaching and uh, it was supposed to be pretty, pretty heavy snows in the highlands. So we wanted to try and uh, miss that. So the day four double really played well. We were back at base camp outside of Ridgeway 
and we could see the storm develop. After a couple more reports, we found out that our sixth day, which we had planned to climb White House, a 13er down in the area that none of us had climbed, was going to get scrapped because the snow was so deep, the uh, bushwhack up one of the gullies could have been treacherous, to say the least. So, we made the right call. We've talked about uh, challenges, changes in itineraries on other trips. And this is no different. You know, we err on the side of safety. And I think we made the right decision. Um, of course, I'm in a flurry acti uh, of activity having a home in Fort Myers Beach and a boat down there. Both of which didn't fare well didn't fare well at all anyhow it was great hiking with our buddies and uh, the camaraderie as usual was fantastic everybody chipped in and did a great job at uh, sharing the workload so now we're going to move on to Ian Ian there's a storm it was a tropical storm that showed itself in the third week of September, south of Florida. It gained momentum. It was tracking for uh, north of Tampa. So we didn't think it was going to be much consequence. However, I did revamp my hurricane plan for my boat. Got it notarized. Signed off on a day before the hurricane hits. So we thought we had a real safe port versus the one we had chosen previously. Well, Ian ended up hitting directly on Fort Myers Beach. And I have never never in my life seen such devastation it's a war zone and uh, so much so they wouldn't allow res residents to even go on the island for a week or so there were some that weathered the storm there were many that died I think the death toll was 59 so probably not the best idea to weather the storm, but several of our friends did, and uh, God bless them. I'll tell you, once we started, we delayed our arrival in to Florida to coincide with the opening of the beach to residents. And as we were driving down from Colorado to Florida, all I could think of her. You know, what's happened to our place? It was probably one of the longest drives I've had cross-country because of the all the unanswered questions. We knew we got hit, but we didn't know how bad. And I didn't realize until I arrived that my life would change forever. Just like a big climb. Plans are subject to change. 
and it's essential to be able to adjust and modify. After the long cross-country journey, we arrived. The first day, a 15-minute commute to the island took us over two hours. Road rage was everywhere. People, they call it hurricane fog, people are so stressed out. Uh, it made for a very, very difficult first day. Uh, driving down the Estero Boulevard, once we got on our island, it was unrecognizable. Uh, I heard an estimate that 90% of all homes were destroyed. The storm surge, 16 plus feet, decimated areas all around our home. The 150 mile plus winds are or were categorized as a category four, but everybody knows that it was more like a five if you live here. Palm trees in our yard were snapped in half with no sign of the debris anywhere. The 16 plus foot surge decimated not only the beach properties, but all the way over to the bay properties. Homes were carried from one side of the island to the other. Boats lay th littered in the, the uh, marinas. It was the first glance was just more than your mind could get wrapped around. It was horrifying. Arriving at my home, it was like unbelievable the task I saw ahead of me. And it reminded me of like summiting one of these big peaks that we've talked about on podcasts. You look at that peak and it's not a chance of getting this resurrected. But we've been working on it now for weeks, a month. And piece by piece it's coming together. Just like climbing Aconcagua. It's not a day, it's not a week. It's a journey. And... That's what we're really dealing with here. Um, some observations. I find in the mountains, it can bring out the, uh, the worst and the best in people. I've seen fellow climbers do some pretty selfish things, and I've seen climbers save other people's lives so you get the the good with the bad same thing down here Fort Myers Beach just like climbing 
we have to protect our house 24-7 from looters. These people that take advantage of a situation, in my mind, are some of the worst. We daily stop people from coming on property. It's, uh, it's disheartening. And then you'll see tourists come by shooting pictures and it just seems so frustrating when you're out there you can't sleep at night because you got so much on your mind you show up at the little Beirut work site only to have people drive by in their convertible and snapping pictures of the devastation I know they probably don't realize it but it's it's hurtful now let's talk about the other side. I have never seen an outpouring of beauty from so many people ever. We are so blessed with the unsung heroes that rose to the occasion. One being Mike Litz got there before me and he's still down here plugging and chugging what a what a superhero another fellow I didn't even know from Iowa saw my Facebook post Brian Vanderbiller Brian texts me or Facebook me messenger and said, hey, is there anything we can do? And, uh, you know, I didn't even know him. And I said, you know, no, we're just working down here. It's difficult. And he goes, well, I have some extra generators. Would you be interested? Well, the generator down here in Little Beirut work zone of Fort Myers Beach is the critical item. And we were limping along with... Uh, some semi-workable generators. But this fellow drives down an hour through all the traffic, drops off two brand new generators, and, and just leaves them with us. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it literally brings a tear to my eye. The, uh, he had fellows with him that uh, Tim Baldwin, Pat Sherman, Chuck McLean, Ryan Olson all came down to help out. Not once. A week later, two weeks later, he goes, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, you know. You've already given. Guy comes down with a whole truckload of gas cans fold, filled. Of course, you know, that's a real need because you got to bring all the gas from off the island. I think he brought eight cans in full, five gallon, which is enough to last uh, six, six and a half days. Just left him with us. I mean, unbelievable. We were... Uh... So thanks, Brian. 
and company. Another fellow, a friend of Mike's, came down, Dave Bellick, and he worked for a week, and I think he got a real taste of how tough it was, and he did a, a tremendous job just helping us move debris. Thanks, Dave. So about day two, uh, I got home, and my wife was crying, and she goes, um... We have to move. And uh, I said, uh, you know, don't worry about it, honey. You know, we'll work it out. Well, I uh, called a buddy of mine, Scott Safford and Jackie Lysak. And uh, I asked him if he knew of any places. You know, he's in property management. And uh, he goes, well, let me check. And uh, half hour later, I get a call, and he says, "Why don't you just come over and live with us?" So we're with them now. A month later, pretty incredible, the things that happen, and uh, the beauty you see down in such a decimated area. I remember having tears at the top of some summits, and down here, I have the same tears of joy for the people that have helped us out. And this list is just a small list. Father Tim and hundreds of others have reached out. I don't want to bore anybody, but Anytime you have a chance to do a good deed and help anybody that's in a uh, disaster area or on a mountain that needs help or hiking in the outdoors, it's a good reminder to help them out whenever you can. And uh, I'm sure all these good deeds that are coming our way have been for some that we might have helped other people. So anyhow... Let's get on with this. Uh, Karsten's still not open, but I'm hearing rumor that it might be. And uh, the goal is to stay in shape down here and get our house uh, rebuilt. The permitting process is difficult, but we're just trying to be patient. And um, we'll get this thing figured out. Hopefully, insurance. Well, I want to mention something about this. Anybody that's been impacted by uh, a national disaster will maybe know that these insurance companies, they can be horrible. And I spend as much time fighting with insurance claims as I do working on the property. And... I think the predatory nature of these insurance companies during a situation like this is unhumane and just simply evil. I hope that someday we can get our hands around our insurance industry and have some kind of uh, 
humanity put back into it because when you're homeless and you're fighting with an insurance company that's trying to not pay you, not pay you, it is infuriating. So let's hope we can have a change in that area. I will do everything within my power to try and initiate change with my vote, with my podcast, because when people are in a national disaster, they don't need insurance companies trying to nickel and dime their way through their policies. So many of my friends down here lost everything. I mean everything. And uh, so I consider myself lucky. I'm blessed. Uh, I wanted to tell the story on Peak's podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the uh, Snuffles Traverse and the national disaster down here in Fort Myers Beach. Have a great uh, day. If you enjoy our podcast, please uh, post a positive comment on our any of the podcast platforms you listen to. And uh, God bless. Have a great day. Bye-bye.